0: Hi, everyone. This is Amanda borchel Dan, And I'm Jessica Steinberg. Your host for Times Will Tell. A weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. <music> Hello. Welcome to this week's Times Will Tell. I am here in my home podcast studio. I know you've always wanted to know what it looks like. It's really just the study in my house that's used for many different things. And I'm here today with Al Sheriff. Eyal is a singer, actor, chazan, that's a cantor, and musical theater lecturer with an MA in musical theater from NYU. He is Israeli. He has performed off-Broadway in New York. Uh, He has also acted in Israeli TV series. And as I said, I, I am impressed by this because I'm a rabbi's kid. He has even worked as a chazan in the States and still does. He also has this very known passion for edutainment combining performance and instruction with teaching and really all about his his passion, which is musical theater, history, and creation. He performs these lectures around Israel, just had one a couple of weeks ago. At the end of the podcast, I will tell you where the next two upcoming ones,
1: when and where they will be.
0: So, Eyal... Tell us how you got into this lecture circuit thing. How did this happen?
1: Well, I uh, trained as an actor in uh, England and then, uh, like you said, uh, in uh, New York. Um, and I realized pretty early on that the performance aspect of it was just as interesting to me as the creative process, uh, uh, the, the the work that went into creating those those shows um the the historical background the way the creators worked with one another and 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 then i i decided i decided to take my interest and the passion i have for uh for those aspects uh with my passion for singing and the 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 performance element as well as the instruction and the teaching and the explaining of it and and to put it all uh, together and create those you know, we can call them lecture concerts, really but they're actually them. shows. They're actually yeah. they're they're actually shows that involve some information. but they are <laughs> shows. we 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 like to view them as shows
0: wait. now, and and I'm curious also, you know, musical theater, which it's it's sort of like cilantro. Either you love it or you hate it, right? I right. love it. right I, I have, as you know, in my study. Yeah. the Chagall poster of Fiddler. Of yeah,
1: Fiddler. that inspired the name Fiddler on the Roof for, for right, for but that before show. we get to Fiddler, yeah. I don't want to give yeah.
0: anything away. Yeah. So how did this Israeli guy from Haifa, right, how did he get into musical theater, which is, I always
1: think of such an American thing, really. It started with a British experience, actually, my having gone to watch the Phantom of the Opera uh, when I was uh, 17 or so, and for, that, that was kind of a life-altering experience in terms of <laughs> You know, it's like 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 it was that moment where you just say, "This is what I want to do. This is what I have to do. This is what this is this is mesmerizing." Uh, you know, granted, specifically with Phantom of the Opera. It, you know, looking at it now and with perspective. You know, some people like it; others do not. I see. That's funny see that your you're
0: saying that. That's yeah, funny. Yeah,
1: but but the thing about wait wait
0: wait, the, how do you feel about Phantom of the Opera now?
1: Um it still moves me, uh, in part. Um, other times, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, bombastic kind of, you know, g- g- grandiose. And I think I read something, somebody said it, it's, a, it's an example of how a show can be both amazing and bad, both at the same time. I don't think it's bad. Actually, it came, a great to t- description. <laughs> it came to Tel Aviv a couple of, uh, uh, years ago, like the international company. And I, I was, Moved once again, and and I just dis- I rediscovered like like some of the music and some of the musical passages that that not many people know, and I said this is really this is really wonderful.
0: What was your first lecture, or what was your first lecture show? Lecture
1: show. So the first one was the sound of goose steps, and uh, the sound of goose steps came out of my having written an article for hours because this is we're allowed to mention that oh you're you're i'm I'm relieved (laughs) yeah so i i had written an article about the sound of music at the occasion of its sick of the 60th anniversary of its original broadway production when? when it opened november 1959 so that was like two or three years ago uh and what I was, and, you know, and as I was doing research and, and I and I uh, explored uh, uh, a new production that I kind of realized, well, this is a show that deals with a Nazi threat. This is the first musical theater piece that deals with a Nazi threat. Oh, the
0: first. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: That was a way to kind of see if we can go into more of the depth of it and more of the, of its darker tones again, because people perceive it This this very saccharine piece. Um, What other shows deals with with a Nazi threat and then I thought about uh, Cabaret in which it's more like central and then the producers in which right. you can say all hell breaks loose and I thought well why don't we get all those three pieces together and create an evening that ah, kind of handles uh, all c- three compares, of them compares yeah ah, yeah that compares the Nazi representation
0: I was gonna say to you that uh, speaking of Sacron that I was reading that I don't know why I was reading this recently Christopher Plummer uh always commented on how saccharine he felt the sound of music was and sort of seemed embarrassed about his appearance in it as as Captain Von Trapp. And as someone who it might have been one of the first musicals I ever saw on TV, of course, at the time, and I you know, it's it's a little upsetting to to read Christopher Plummer saying that he really felt embarrassed about his appearance in it. Any thoughts about it?
1: Yeah, he called it the sound of mucus. Actually, yes, yes, yes. And he said that working with Julie Andrews was like getting hit with a Hallmark card every day.
0: Oh my God!
1: Now, uh, ironically enough, she was undergoing a you know some kind of a personal crisis then, but that's that's a different thing. Um, it it is it is. Again, we can see why people view the sound of music as this, you know, saccharine piece and uh, a lot of children stuff going on and 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 stuff like that. But and and you know, one interesting thing to say about the movie is that there's there's a moment there that kind of distorts history, and that is the moment where you see the we see the the Nazi uh, invasion of Austria and it look and, and you know, it, you see the streets are empty. It's like and you wonder, where are the Austrians hiding away at home? Right. Uh, fear, f- fearing what's going to happen, rather than what was the true... Now, the, a, a glimpse into what historically really happened, we got from Theodor Bekel, who was actually the actor who played uh, uh, Captain von Trapp on Broadway. And he was a child in Vienna, and he says how from their apartment window, they saw Hitler, Hitler and Goering in their... Limo entering the street where that family lived. Really? And everybody's windows were wide open. Uh, you know, cheering and 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 welcoming them whereas the the Bikel f- family obviously hid in fear and and wow. and eventually eventually the bekel family were able to escape and they came to what was to then uh, Israel and, and you know Theodore Bikel became an actor with Akamari, and then then went to London and became so it's it's kind of no but it's, it's always yeah and it's an interesting story uh, you, you know it's an interesting thing that the first musical that deals with the Nazi threat doesn't actually have a Jewish character in it but has a Jewish actor with that kind of um, life story, playing the head of a non-Jewish family hoping to escape from the Nazis.
0: That's nuts. Are there any particular period of musicals that you focus on, given that, as I'm learning, there are many periods of musicals? (laughs) There are
1: indeed. Um, I am particularly fond of the Golden Age. Uh, I'm a bit old-fashioned, so I'm told. Golden age is generally uh, beginning of nineteen forties into the nineteen sixties, give or take. Um, and um, the golden age is actually when when Rodgers and Hammerstein um, started, and they they actually they're considered the 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 the, the fathers of of uh, the modern musical, and I guess. I guess to an extent, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that any musical that is created owes s- something to Rodgers and Hammerstein, rather, uh, b- 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 um, um, uh, be it uh, knowingly or unknowingly. Ah, uh, okay. And so, the The Sound of Music, from which the song we, we, we just did came, uh, um, um, was actually their last uh, their their last show together, and I. I was interested to see what came before and to, I mean I I I mean I had known Oklahoma, you know, Carousel South Pacific. What ahead.
0: year? What you remind me was Sound of Music So the Sound of Music
1: was 1959. Oh, it was
0: 59. Okay. And
1: I think also I'm going to say I'm going to say parenthetically that the the reason why the Sound of Music uh, uh deals with the Nazi threat in such a I guess you could say uh um Reticently,
0: okay, reticently. Okay.
1: is because it's a time when the United States is only beginning to come out of a long period of silence about the the, mm. the crimes of the Nazis. I mean, the Holocaust was not even considered the the, the major uh, tragedy of World War II, and and you know, Holocaust su- 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 Holocaust survivors were still um, largely quiet. No, so 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 that so so that 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 kind of reflected the. Reflected the times, and this, this this is what we really try to do in our shows is to is to say, uh, well, what was going on then? I mean, you know, it's not it's a, it's not it's it's not like detached from what's happening. We would not have a Hamilton if we if we didn't if we didn't if we didn't have Rodgers and Emberstein. Yeah,
0: There's what do you no think Lin Manuel Miranda was listening to growing up?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he I mean, he's his his, his like musical tastes are 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 are, are uh, varied as far as we know, but we know that he's a big. Classic musical theater fan. So, and the thing about Rodgers and Hammerstein is, uh, you can say a lot of things about them, but but they really, in in their five major shows—Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, and The Sound of Music—they really brought uh, into musical theater um, subjects that we can't say that they had never been dealt with before. But the fact that, but the, fa- but the fact that, like f- five of their major shows, uh, uh, like deal with those really interesting you know heavyweight questions but still done through and done through this wonderful uh this wonderful combination that they kept seeking to 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 perfect of song um dialogue uh orchestral uh music and and in a way in in that way they 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 were the model for the shows that came that came thereafter
0: it's making me think about Another, you know, making me think about West Side Story, which, of course, just had the remake from Steven Spielberg, uh, which my family loved. And then, of course, there were so many pieces in the press about it, including one very, very interesting one, the New York Times, I think, the weekend that it came out, where a group of art critics, uh, some of Latino background, some Jewish, uh, spoke about the making of West Side Story back with Leonard Bernstein um, and the inherent racism that the these Latino art critics were seeing in this piece, in, in this play, in this musical. And uh, and the fact that they felt that Steven Spielberg didn't need to remake this again because it was problematic back then and it's even problematic now. I know this is not necessarily part of uh, your lecture when you talk about it, but I'm just curious, Eyal, How, In other words, on one hand, we're seeing this more rosy side of looking at racism, in other words, and recognizing it.
1: Well, first of all, it's interesting that you say that it made you think of West Side Story because we know that um, Leonard Bernstein really appreciated South Pacific. So we think that that, in a way, inspired him uh, um, in that way. Uh, to create a show about the the horrific the horrific, uh, um, the horrific uh, consequences of 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 a rivalry uh, um, between two groups. And I think um, it, it would be, it might be difficult for me, a little bit as a white person to talk about the, the question you raise. Uh, and I think let's just say that nowadays uh, we can assume that um, a piece, about a certain uh, minority group would probably n- not be produced if it were not created by s- someone from within that group. Yes. Then I think again, that is I fair think, to say. Yeah. Yep. So I think if we look at the creative process, though, I think what's be- what would be interesting to say is, a- is that initially, West Side Story had been conceived as a show about um, rivalry between Jews and Catholics. And that was uh, uh, Jerome Robbins' initial idea. His last name, by the way, was R- R- Rabinowitz. But uh, and uh, that was his initial idea. And he brought this idea to um, to, to 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 the playwright um, Arthur Lawrence. And Arthur Lawrence said, "I I don't think so. It reminds me of a you know it 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 reminded him of a popular play uh, that that had been done before, and it's been done before. And let's leave it. in. we don't and need to go there again. Years pass, and then uh, Leonard Bernstein and Arthur Lawrence meet at a California hotel and then they read about uh, gangs uh, uh, um, you know like on the P- streets Purdue, of New York kind yeah, of thing uh, I think they were reading about LA uh, LA and then, they, and then the penny dropped and then they said Ah, instead of rivalry between Catholics and Jews how about um, white people uh, in uh, New York because that was the area that Arthur Lawrence knew best Sorry. Sure. And Puerto Ricans, yeah, yes, and Puerto Ricans, and 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 actually, the Latino thing of it was was a bit was a, was a major turn on for them because first of all, L- Lena Bernstein was married to a Chilean, uh, his his wife was was oh. Chilean. He he was fascinated by by the fact that he would create this show that has those Latino uh, style rhythms, and I think Jerome Robbins was then really turned on. So they I think they wanted, as far as they were they if, as far as they were concerned. They may have been honoring Latino, uh, you know, music and culture, but I can't I can't really say. I mean, you know, Stephen Sondheim, the lyricist who recently passed away, did confess that he had never met a Puerto Rican person. Oh, I Uh, read that somewhere. Right. So um, it's a complicated question.
2: The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. get the Technion booklet of wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society, world-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you.
1: Many of the musical theater creators, first of all, 90-something percent of them are Jewish. And I think it's an amazing, never ceases to amaze me, this phenomenon that the soundtrack of an entire nation was created by a group of Russian immigrants or their (laughs) descendants. I mean, uh, and, you know, who very often drew upon what they heard in the shtetl or the synagogue, the most famous example being, it ain't necessarily so. Gershwin was inspired okay. by the, by the call, to, call, to, call to the Torah.
0: Which, of course, leads us to the poster that you remarked upon when you entered my study, which is the, as I mentioned before, the, the, the green-faced fiddler from the Chagall portrait, which you, which you brought up that amazing anecdote of how they came about with the name for fiddler.
1: Yeah. So initially, well, first of all, initially, first of all, it's it, it's it's an amazing story about a show for which they could not raise money, and those were a group of people: the composer, lyricist uh, Jerry Bach and Sheldon Harnick, respectively, who had already won a Pulitzer Prize. So they were working right. on this show. They weren't newbies. No, they were working on the show with with a with a book writer. I mean, the person who writes mm-hmm. the, the the dialogues, um, Joseph Stein. Um, and the, all three of them were working together, um, and, and, you know, Joseph Stein was saying, I cannot imagine going to a producer and saying, well, here's a show about Jews in Russia. <laughs> the first act ends with a pogrom, the second act or the show ends with them being evicted. They get kicked out of of their uh, of their of their shtetl, and then, well, go and produce this, Mr. Producer. And you know, Joe Stein says wherever they went, the answer was no, 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 no. And what are we going to do? What's well, very nice, but what are we going to do when we run out of Hadassah benefits? <laughs> so, um, and eventually, uh, they did find a, a producer uh, who was willing um to to you know to take this on uh, it was Hal Prince the great great Hal Prince who's just one of the major figures of of musical theater in the 20th century and then and then they went to Jerome J- Jerome Robbins who uh, whose last name as i said Jerome Ra- Ra- is just like just like Sholem Aleichem who uh, who who wrote the the stories that inspired right food. that inspire the Play. So, right. but you know, we we talk about Fiddler as this wonderful example of how a group of people come. To, first of all, of how a director does his job, because you know, here's Joe Stein and Sheldon Harnick, and and uh, and, and and they work together, trying to kind of you know, working and working. And then Jerome Robbins comes into the picture and says, well, what is this show about? And they say, well, what do you mean? It's about this farmer and uh, his daughter. No, what is the show about? What is the show? And then, you know, this is a famous story they'll have to tell. And then at some point after he he kept being like the district attorney, at some point, somebody just said, oh, for God's sakes, Jerry, it's about tradition. And he said, write that. So, and in that way, you know, you see how a director does his job, asks the question that, that, you know, the, you they, right, the they're working on the show, they don't know what it's about. And this leads to one of the greatest opening numbers in musical theater. And, you know, it says to the audience exactly what they're here to see. Yeah, um, it sure does. The Jewishness is the center of the story, and you know, so many producers feared, "Oh my God, it's too, too too Jewish, too Jewish, too Jewish." But then it became this international success because of Jerome Robbins having been having identified the tradition and the breaking of a way of life as the overall of as uh, uh, as the concept the of the show. Yeah, uh, and. Um, you know, and, and you, you, you know, b- 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 one of the musical theater historians says of how he, he went with his uh, then uh, f- fiance to see a, p- a production in Chicago, and she came out as saying, "This is the first time ever I wished I were Jewish."
0: <laughs> so thank you so much for being on The Times. will tell. It's very good listening, I'm sure. Thank you, Jessica. And uh, listeners, we'll be back. Obviously, with a daily briefing tomorrow and Times Will Tell every week on Friday. Take care. Be well.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein.
0: Please subscribe wherever you find your podcast and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday.
1: Like what you hear? Consider rating
0: us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week, Shalom.